0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the following. On today's episode, I'm going to further analyze and discuss Jim Jones's leadership and how he was an effective leader, but not necessarily an ethical or servant leader. So first, what type of leader was Jim Jones? There are many different types of leadership styles but I believe that Jim Jones was most likely a transformational leader. Transformational leaders inspire their followers to look outside their personal needs and desires to provide for the greater good. These people temple, People's Temple followers did believe strongly in their greater purpose and what the mission of the People's Temple Church was because so many of these people were willing to give up their own lives for the larger cause of the social social change that the People's Temple was trying to promote. Followers of transformational leaders will submit willingly to their leader, meaning that they will set aside their own thoughts and ideas and believe solely in what the leader is saying or telling them to do. The People's Temple followers did this with Jim Jones mainly because, like I've mentioned before, so many of them were dependent to him because he provided food, housing, and other basic needs for those people. They also depended on him even more when they moved to Guyana because they didn't have any other resources available due to being isolated in the jungle. They weren't able to talk with family members or anyone else other than those that were in the cult transformational leaders are also able to appeal to their followers on an emotional level. Jim Jones was able to do this using his manipulation tactics that I've previously talked about such as brainwashing and paranoia and he was any used deception such as his fake miraculous healings which was able to allow him to get his followers to fully believe in what he was doing and connect with them through religion or on a deeper spiritual and emotional level. Also, transformational leaders often are future-oriented where they want to make change. Jim Jones did this by being a strong advocate for social change and he was able to rally the support of many of his followers. Initially, he was trying to promote change that would help many people, especially those that were under-deserved or um, especially people within the black community. However, over time, we are able to see that his end goal wasn't to promote um, this change. It was more about himself wanting control and his ego overtook his um, the positive things that he potentially was doing. So Jim Jones had the potential to promote change and create positive influences. But like I said, ultimately his ego and his other negative characteristics that I'll talk about created his downfall and the need for his manipulation and control to take over. So first we want to look at, was Jim Jones an effective leader? Overall, he was an effective leader in the sense that he gained hundreds of followers and maintained those followers for a long period of time. He was able to provide places for those people to live, food, and other resources to those who needed it. I wouldn't say that everything that he did was bad, and there was some good that he was able to provide for people who really did need his support. So if we look at the book, The Leadership Challenge, written by Kuzis and Posner, they describe five practices of exemplary leaders. And in some way or another, Jim Jones possessed each of these qualities. So we can see that Jim Jones was an effective leader, but does that make him a good leader? Well, we can look at these five qualities. The first one was he, the first one is model the way. This is where a leader will set examples by lining their actions and shared values among the members. I would say that Jim Jones was able to do this, whether this was through um, religious or spiritual things within his church when he preached, or through his so- social change activism that he was um, promoting. People followed him because he, they truly believed in what he was doing, and he was modeling the way for many people. The second quality is to inspire a shared vision. This means envisioning the future and enlisting others in a common goal or common overall vision. So Jim Jones did just that by gathering so many people to envision a better future. He wanted um, to promote that social change in order to potentially um, increase the life for some of these people living in the suburbs of California. Each of those members also had that same end goal in mind mind of wanting to promote change and they ultimately believed that they were doing good things. The third quality is challenging the process. This is seizing opportunities for advancement, which I believe that Jim Jones was doing this to some extent. He was continued to grow his church, or as we know now, it was a cult, by continually gaining new members. But the question really remains if he was really doing this for his followers or mainly his ego. The fourth quality is enabling others to act. This means fostering a collaboration by building trust and relationships. Jim Jones most definitely built trust in his followers and created relationships where people did look up to him. Like I've mentioned, he really um, created that environment where people thought that he provided safety for them and that the cult or the church was able to provide what those people needed and um, where people felt safe to come and talk to Jim Jones. However, he did this in a way that wasn't really benefiting his followers, but rather himself. He created those relationships and trust by not being honest with people and by performing his miraculous healings that were fake and ultimately using the money that people were donating to the church for his own personal gain. Again, this goes back to him wanting control. The final quality is encouraging the heart. This is recognizing contributions of your followers by showing appreciation for individual excellence. So, like I've mentioned, um, oftentimes cult leaders will publicly humiliate their followers in order to promote fear, in order to gain control. Jim Jones did do that with his followers, However, he would also individually recognize certain members and move them up in the ranks or higher up working under him. Again, this was most likely to make them feel appreciated and wanted, further creating that trust um, in those members to Jim Jones. Jim Jones portrayed each of these qualities. Whether he was doing it for the right reason or not, he did have these qualities, which is partly why I think he was such an effective leader at creating some change and doing some good and then getting so many people to follow him. But by being an effective leader, does this mean he was a good leader? I would say yes and no. We can use another example. So Hitler was a highly effective leader which a lot of people would probably argue he was a good leader because he was able to promote his ideas and get so many people to follow him. However, his morals and what he was doing to people wasn't right. and This is similar to Jim Jones. Both of these um, men wanted to create change, but their overall ideas were not moral and not right, but they were highly effective. So if someone is an effective or good leader, what makes them a great leader or a model leader or a leader that a lot of people in today's society would look up to? I think we need to look at if someone is leading ethically or being a servant leader. In the book, Leadership Theory and Practice, the author Nordhaus describes the principles of ethical leadership, which include respecting others, serving others, or more so servant leadership, showing justice, manifesting honesty, and building community. We can see, and I will describe that Jim Jones did not display really any of of these qualities. He did not respect others or serve them an honest way. We can see this how he manipulated people, took complete control of their lives, and blatantly lied to them repeatedly so that they no longer trusted in their own family members and feared of making individual mistakes. Ultimately, he killed hundreds of people and that is not showing justice or having respect for those people. Once his ego got too big and he was losing control of his power, he manipulated these people into drinking that Kool-Aid like mixture which ultimately ended in a mass suicide, which can be argued as mass murder because these people were so manipulated that did they really know what exactly they were doing. So his own ego and desire for power and control overshadowed everything else, clearly making him an unethical leader. So if we look at servant leadership, servant leaders are those who put others first and aspire others to lead. I think that every leader should strive to be a servant leader in some aspect of their leadership. Yes, there are going to be those situations where leaders need to take control in emergency situations or have an autocratic type style of leadership where they ultimately need to decide what's going to be best for the group. However, servant leadership of putting their followers first and allowing them, those followers to express their ideas and commit to growth of those followers is so important to build good relationships and ultimately make your entire group better. So characteristics of servant leaders include having empathy, the commitment of to the growth of people, building community, and having self-awareness as a leader. Again, each of these qualities Jim Jones really didn't possess. He didn't have empathy or care for his people, especially once moving them to Guyana. He forced them to perform hard laborious jobs all day, didn't give them proper um, living conditions. He would play recordings of his voice all night long, creating that fear and paranoia within those members and it didn't allow them to sleep. He didn't have empathy for what these people were going through or feeling which ultimately is what a servant leader really needs to do. He also didn't promote the growth of his people. Like I said, he did do some good at the beginning by trying to promote social change, but towards the end of his life or really throughout his entire time leading these people, he really only cared about himself and his own ego. And then again, not having his own self-awareness of what he was really doing to these people. Uh, With Jim Jones, there was a lot of drug use and other things that he was doing that ultimately made him not um, in a right mental space to be leading people. And so he didn't have the self-awareness of what he was really doing. And as a servant leader, you really need to understand what how you're leading these people in order to promote leadership within your group. So these situations that I've talked about specifically with Jim Jones can relate to pretty much any cult leader if you're look if you if I were to study other specific cult leaders. Most cult leaders are obviously effective in promoting their message and gaining followers. Because we can see that a lot of times, for a cult to occur, they have to gain and maintain membership of those people. We know that cult leaders are often going to be effective or potentially good leaders, but they aren't always ethical or servant leaders, as we see with Jim Jones' example. Which ultimately makes them not a model leader or someone that most people are going to want to look up, look up to or lead them in society today. Also in the book by Nordhaus, he discusses the dark side of leadership and the three toxic triangles that are involved within dark leadership. So within leadership, especially when leading a cult, there is that dark side of leadership which is described as unethical and destructive leading. So like I said, within the dark side of leadership, there are three toxic triangles. They are destructive leaders, susceptible followers, and conducive environments. Each of these really resonates with a cult environment. So in this book, cults weren't... um. Talked about but I really think that this is exactly how leadership is displayed within cults. So the first are destructive leaders. This is described as having leaders that have charisma, want personalized power, have narcissism, and have negative life themes. So we can see that with Jim Jones he had great charisma. He was able to connect with people as a preacher on an emotional level and really gain um, trust within his people. But we also know that he wanted personalized power. His ego and his need for control is what caused this to really become a cult. He had negative life themes by drug use, um, other problems such as just needing the um, wanting the need for control. He wasn't the best person to be leading a large group of people. The second triangle is susceptible followers. So these are described as conformers, those who have unmet needs, low core self-evaluations, and low maturity. So like I mentioned, a lot of the people that joined cults were those that had unmet needs, had low self-esteem, and those who were unsure of exactly what they wanted to do or go where they wanted to go with their lives. So we can see that in the dark side of leadership, susceptible followers such as those who join a cult are um, displayed. The third is a conducive environment. So Nordhaus described this as having instability, cultural values, and a lack of checks and balances. So we can see that by Jim Jones creating the People's Temple Church. He brought a lot of people into his church by having those same co- cultural values of religion. We also, what's also important to look at is that he lacked checks and balances. Jim Jones, since he had that personalized power, he didn't allow anyone else to make decisions for the church Ultimately, he made all of the decisions and didn't have anyone that could um, provide insight or any other types of advice on how to make the church better or for the people better. And he didn't have anyone that could provide that checks and balances that is really needed within leadership. So we can see that the dark side of leadership is creating, is a, someone that's leading that ultimately doesn't really care much about their followers and they are going to more so care about their own personalized power. I think that every leader, when if they don't have someone that can keep them in check, they have the potential to become a dark leader or have those qualities of the dark side of leadership. I really think that this really can be displayed within cults because, again, there are susceptible followers. There's the conducive environments. And again, a lot of times cult leaders have these destructive qualities. So, my overall message from this episode is that cult leaders have to be effective and that in some cases they are good leaders because they are able to gain so many followers and typically they have a good purpose in mind. However, they are susceptible to the dark side of leadership and those three triangles within the dark side of leadership really resonate with a cult. And lastly, just because someone is a effective leader doesn't mean that they are ethical or servant leader, which are very important in order to promote the growth of followers and to eliminate the possibility of going into the dark side of leadership. Thank you so much for listening to my episode today. My next episode I will sit down with Dr. Liz Hunt, who has a lot of knowledge in leadership, and discuss some of the stuff that I've talked about in my first two episodes.